points and the shot scores from well out. Rasmus Anderson makes it five to one. And this is gonna go into one of the embarrassing ones for the Maple Leafs here this season. PlayStation postgame here, Brent Cutting, Gord Stellick alongside me. Uh, Gordo, you know, I love the start from the Leafs. I love the, the pressure they mounted early on. And then it felt like the second there was some pushback and maybe you get a little questionable goaltending in your own end, uh, the Leafs kind of went in a shell in the back half of that game. 5-2 is the final for the Flames. Uh, what did you make of tonight's loss in Calgary? Yeah, it, it's strange, Brent, to be coming on and talking about so many things you like in a 5-2 loss. But, I mean, they uh, they showed about shots by almost a 2-1 to margin in Leafs' favor, shots attempts, you know. Uh, I like that. Uh, I'll, I'll, Calgary... You know, plays it physical, but I, and I, but I like that the Leafs were aggressive, getting in Markstrom's face a bit, weren't backing down from that. So it's a strange one because, you know, the Leafs had the one nothing lead. It didn't seem like what Calgary hadn't had a shot, I don't think, that period. And then all of a sudden, like bang, 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 like all, and all the goals seemed kind of the same. A couple from defensemen, uh, you know, good speed, good rush attempt type goals, and I guess... You know, you look at the analytics, and, and Calgary's one of the best teams in scoring on rush attempts, and the Leafs apparently one of the worst teams. I, I don't get over-analytical and stuff, but apparently analytics-wise, uh, uh, that's the case. And, and really, that that's what that really did prove to be the case because you kind of look, what the hell happened to this game? This was a game, you know, they get the Leafs score, and then bang, very quickly, Calgary scores again. And, you know, then quick goals, Sheldon Keefe, this time the timeout uh, didn't work, but he did need to slow things down a little bit and get their composure back but uh, man this Calgary team is really impressive I mean the Leaf team has been impressive too but this Calgary team is really impressive with the style they play yeah they they absolutely are you know they've been one of the better teams in the league kind of since making that change and, and going back to Sutter and you know in terms of what what we saw out of the Leafs tonight it, it kind of reminded me of two things that we've seen from this team in the past and we haven't really liked either of them you know one is the goaltending, you know, how often have, and you made the point wonderfully about Freddie Anderson. It's not his fault in the playoffs, but he got out goaltended every single time the Leafs found themselves in a playoff series with him between the pipes and, you know, Jack Campbell, it was the same way for him last year. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, poke blame at Jack Campbell and say this is his fault, but, you know, he did get out goaltended tonight. And, you know, part of that is tipping your cap to Markstrom. He was incredible, but it did feel like, okay, we've seen this movie before where the Leafs just can't kind of quite win that battle. And then I don't want to take the team off the hook either, though, because we've seen from this team in the past where, you know, now when I'm talking about this, this has been with Michael Hutchison and Ned or Jonas Enroth, but where you're not quite getting the goaltending you think you get and you just kind of go into a bit of a shell. And I think that's what happened with the, the three straight goals. So, I mean, those are the two big kind of biggest red flags for me is that it reminded me a lot of the playoff goaltending we've seen from this team in the past. And then in terms of the team itself, we've seen this team not respond greatly to not getting great goaltending before. Well, and, and we always hearken back, and why wouldn't we, to the playoffs, right? That's always that's always the litmus test and the comparable and to, um, you know, just pile on. Yeah, um, it's very, very seldom does the team, you, I mean, I don't know what the rate is about the team with the better goaltender wins a playoff series. It's not 100%, but, you know, that's the reason last year there were question marks about Tristan Jari, for example. Uh, indifferent goaltending cost the Penguins that series. He's played 
really, really well this season. So, yeah, see, so all of a sudden, you got Jack Campbell deservedly going to the All-Star game for how he played for about 80% of the first half of the season. And then you get back to the thing again and you go, oh, my goodness, don't, you know, like we cannot have out-goaltending being out-goaltended in, in a, you know, in a playoff series be the difference maker again. So, yeah, that was it. You know, that was that was a part of it tonight. Jacob Markstrom, what a story. Eight shutouts already. Like eight, like that's unheard of nowadays to be on, you know, be on pace for about 14, 15 shutouts if you extrapolate it. So uh, that's been one of the, uh, one of the quieter stories because he had a, he had a so-so year last year with Calgary and, you know, Brent, a lot of players had so-so years with Calgary and it's funny, uh, we see, you know, a couple of moves made in back-to-back days, you alluded to it about the head coaching and what you want in Montreal or Edmonton or other places uh, is what Calgary's done under Daryl Sutter. He's my vote for the coach of the year. I know a lot of credit, you know, goes in New York uh, as far as that goes with uh, Gerard Gallant, what he's done, you know, Florida as well, Mike Sullivan, what he's done in Pittsburgh. But to me, like, like these guys have bought into Daryl Sutter hockey and they didn't buy in right away. But Daryl Sutter has made that difference with his style and everything else that this team, you see the physicality of the team, the depth of the team. They've got the kind of speed, which, you know, Toronto Maple Leafs have speed as well. And uh, it's, um, I got to say, they thought he couldn't do it with the Los Angeles Kings that the game had passed him by. And uh, I don't think people were quite as skeptical with Calgary because he, you know, he had done it in Calgary, in L.A., but it, but it was a slow start. But now, now, wow, the Sutter way is, is the difference. Yeah, I remember, you know, you remember when he gets hired, right? Your people are sitting there going, oh, boy, how long until Johnny Goudreau is saying, get me out of here before I'm a free agent, let alone waiting until the summer. And, you know, he's playing some of the best hockey he, he's played in his career under Sutter. You know, you talk about the physicality tonight. Uh, a couple of times that that reared its ugly head. Uh, you know, you hope Andre Kasha is okay. He doesn't come back after taking that that thump from Zadorov in the, in the first period. And, you know, that was just one element of it. This is a physical, physical game. A lot of scrums, a lot of rough stuff. Matthew's kind of getting sucked into it a little bit. You know, anytime it happens with this team, we always have the conversation of, does this does this Leafs team get pushed around too much? Uh, you know, are they tough enough to get it done in the playoffs? W- what did you make of how they responded in, you know, obviously a really physical game tonight? Well, again, congratulations, Wayne Simmons, right? The birth of his daughter. But boy, he's watching on TV. He's, he's, he's watching on TV and going, man, I, I want to. This is the kind of game I want to be in. This is the game I, you know. But, uh, and again, we went down the, the Matt Martin route a couple of years ago and bringing the one individual in isn't, isn't what changes it. It's, it's, it's a style. Um, you've got to play. Uh, I mean, that Winnipeg game that was incredibly physical, uh, I, the, the Leafs showed that they were, they were willing to play that style. And tonight they showed they were willing to play that style. So, you know, it, it's not like they get run out of the building. So it's not that kind of concern. Uh, but uh, but certainly, if if it's a physical game, you, you tend to think the edge would go to the other team when you're playing the Toronto Maple Leafs generally. Because, yeah, yeah it's, it's not considered one of the strong suits of the Leafs the way they're composed right now. Yeah, Simmons. Simmons would have been itching. Uh, well, you know who knows? Maybe he's maybe he's bottle feeding, or who who knows what's going on in that household with uh, with the baby just uh, coming in there. Obviously, uh, you hope everybody's happy and healthy there. But yeah, it's a game they absolutely could have used him. Guy like Kyle Clifford, he he was involved in that Jets dust up uh, that we think back to as well. There's just guys in this organization that could maybe have more of a role than you think on night tonight. You know, uh, we mentioned Kasha going down there early, and you know, again, it's never about one thing. The the Leafs got 
got outplayed in the back half of that game, and that's that's why they lost. But, you know, the lineup's already in a bit of a precarious spot going with the 11 forwards and 7D, working Jake Muzzin back into the lineup. I don't like 11 and 7 at the best of times, but then you go down to 10 forwards and things are just really, really in flux. You throw in what the extra guy does to the D. Uh, it just made a, a difficult night a little bit more so when Keith basically went down to 10 forwards. Uh, yeah, I know the other forwards don't care so much because quite often you look at the fourth line and the fourth line doesn't get a ton of ice time. But, but you know, I'll throw another one out there that when it was 5-2, um, the big guns like Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner, boy, Mitch Marner was really trying to keep that streak going. So that's one of the casualties tonight is consecutive consecutive goal streak but boy oh boy they you know they were trying to make it 5-3 which would have made it interesting you know you got six seven eight nine minutes left and they cut it down to a two goal margin so uh i i did i did like that and, and i guess my point being is the way the game went if you're 10 and 6 uh they weren't going to be rolling four lines at that point anyway but uh, uh i i did i did like the the fight and some of the skill and and the attempt i mean man oh man they got like almost got fit like I don't know if they got 50 shots or close to 50 shots but I mean that's a, that's a lot of shots that's a lot of offense yeah, they'll, they'll, they were peppering Markstrom. Like, they, they kept them busy tonight. You know, I think when we think of that flurry uh, at the end there, well, actually, when I think of the flurries of offense from the game tonight, I'll think of the Rasmus Sandin goal and Markstrom kind of, you know, in the spin cycle right right before that, making a couple of great saves before Sandin was able to open the scoring. And then I think at the very tail end of the game, you, you talk about skill plays kind of being on display. You know, somebody, I, I forget who it was, somebody put up a, a super cut of all the goals Matthews has scored this year and man yes there are there are a lot of great tips in front of the net but you forget how many highlight reel ones he's scored and if he would have been able to get that baseball style goal tonight to make it 5-3 all of a sudden the you know we know how many Leaf fans are in that building momentum's kind of going one way man if, if Matthews is able to convert on on that with I don't know I feel that feels like there are about six or seven minutes left in the game if Matthews would have been able to get that to go it, it just feels like a completely different game and yeah because 5-3 three all of a sudden you're buzzing you pull the goalie and who, who knows what can happen oh man fans in the building and this in Canada as well again we go back to that we just uh I don't know in Montreal if the no fans like okay they would have got the crap boot out of the Montreal so I, I don't but I wonder if the fans had been there would they have lost 7-1 to New Jersey you know just there <laughs> there because it just added to the deadness and the and the losing vibe there in that vibrant building and boy can't wait to have it happen. I know there's a plan in place about 50% capacity uh, in Toronto and then then full capacity. But uh, I know those days that from going out to Calgary where you you played twice a year back when I was with the Leafs, uh, then it's been you know cut back to once a season. Now you play the other uh, other conference. Um, there, they, there were yeah there were there were so many Toronto fans and they were there again. You know a lot of whether they're transplanted Torontonians, whatever. It was always fun especially to win, to go in that building and win. Uh, we lost a lot of times in that building back in the days that Calgary won their Stanley Cup. But And, uh, and tonight, uh, they got they got a real good team. So, unfortunately, for the, the Toronto faithful, it was a loss tonight. Yeah, it, it was. And it's just, it's it's amazing. And it's a quick reminder of, of how much a game can kind of turn on a dime. It felt like the Leafs were in complete, complete, complete control of that. Mangiapane squeaks one through on the kind of weird play there where, where Hall and Bunting are, are having a bit of trouble kind of kind of figuring out who's going to cover off who on the rush. And then the game just kind of completely turns. You get three goals in a basically a three-minute span from Hannafin, Shillington, and then, and then Lindholm 
right right at the end there, and it's just a completely different game. I, I like that the Leafs were able to push back, but you know it felt like any hope of that was kind of scanted the second uh, Rasmus Anderson gets that one early in the third period. You know we're we're all sitting there going, okay, it's four one. You get one here, it's four two. And I know you know I'm not going to let a whole post game show go by without saying that Michael Bunting scored, but you know you you tack that one on. We well, almost blamed him a little bit there too. You were good. I, you were giving him some blame with Justin Hall. I was amazed there. I know. You know, I have to I have to keep him honest, right? You know, it can't be all praise, all praise all the time. Uh, but, I mean, he he gets the goal at the end there. Uh, I, I thought that Leafs line was was the best tonight. Uh, not not a shock that that, that Matthews, Marner, and, and, and him uh, play, play as well as they did. But, you know, I felt like the Nylander-Tavares line, I thought they actually had a ton of jump early until the Leafs kind of did surrender that first goal. And then I felt like they did they did kind of fight it a little bit. But I, I thought that Leafs top line, the, the Matthews line, was buzzing once again tonight. Flying. You're absolutely right. Just flying it. And um, to go back to Jack Campbell. So it's in general, the way, again, 80% of the first half of the season, goaltending standards now are so high that it's not just the expectation to stop all the ones you should stop. And then the ones that let, you know, the ones that should go in, go in. It's beyond that. Now you're, you're, you're expected because they do it to stop, to make those great stops of, of, of pucks that, you know, are going in and you're stealing a goal, basically. And that's what they could have used. That's what they could have used in that flurry. They could have used that big save. And Jack Campbell had been had been doing just that uh, for the biggest chunk of the season. So all of a sudden, then it just got just got a little little bit too much off the rails. And I'll give you a former Leaf. He's not. He's a former other players too, other teams as well. But there was an interesting hire by the Calgary Flames. And now, when when Daryl Sutter's coaching a team, Daryl Sutter's coaching the team. Like, I mean, he's the guy. He's the head guy. But he brought in Kirk Muller as an associate coach. And they didn't have a, they didn't have a lot of history together. But he just he knew he needed to bring a different kind of vibe to the dressing room. You know, I'm not we're not in the dressing room, so I can't say firsthand how it plays out. But I'm I'm a big, big, big Kirk Muller fan. And I'll tell you, you know, with Ducharme getting fired a couple of days ago, I go back to it, Brent, that that wasn't anywhere shocking. Last year was shocking. I mean, last year was shocking. And then when he also fired Kirk Muller with Claude Julien, you know, it was weird because actually they had a better regular season record with Julien and Muller than Ducharme had the rest of the way. So I, I, I give, I give, I give Daryl Sutter credit for that kind of hire. I know it's a little, little, little thing, but you know, quite often those are just the smart little things that you look and say, okay, here, here's, I've identified something and here's something I think our team could really use. Yeah, you, you definitely want to, you know, no different than a roster wants to have a kind of different pieces of your Swiss Army knife, right? You know, we'd all love nothing but goal scorers, but you need your you need your David Camps of the world. You need your Michael Buntings of the world, guys who can kind of do different things for you. And I think a coaching staff is no different than that, right? You know, Sutter obviously works in the things he does, but, you know, he plays one note, and a guy like Muller could potentially play a completely different one. I think the other thing about that is, and, you know, for a guy like Sutter, he has the certainty in what he is and he probably just doesn't care enough that that this doesn't weigh into it but for other guys you could say well this guy's accomplished a lot in the league I don't want a ready-made replacement sitting and waiting on my bench uh, in one of my associate coaching spots Uh, so the fact that that doesn't eke into his mind there at at all I think once again you just you you have to give him credit uh, for for the job he's done there you you mentioned the shots uh, the Leafs peppering 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 Calgary 18 shots in the first 14 in the second 16 in the third, uh, finishing up with 48 shots on goal tonight. Uh, the Flames uh, j- just able to get uh, 26 of them.
love them. You know, when we look at that, you know, we talk a little bit about the team defense, talk a little bit about Campbell, just in terms of the way the team actually played with structure tonight. Okay, you give up five, you're never, ever going to be happy about that. But if you do it while surrendering just 26 shots, it's always the interesting question of, yeah, but were they grade A chances? We know the Leafs have had nights where they've put up 50 shots and it's all been kind of perimeter stuff. We think back to that Arizona game. What did you think of the way the team kind of played in front of Campbell tonight? Uh, were they stingy or, or was it a case of Calgary kind of picking their spots and, and making sure the shots they took were good ones? Well, it, it, it was the shots off the rush, right? So it wasn't it wasn't like uh, the Leafs were hemmed in their zone and Calgary was peppering, peppering them with shots, kind of like, you know, the, the way the Leafs can move the puck around so well, especially when the Matthews line's out there, but also, also the Tavares line. I mean, it just seemed... All the goals looked the same. I know they all weren't, but it just seemed all of a sudden there's a Calgary player coming in fast on the rush. And it's it, maybe it's not a grade A scoring chance, but it is a scoring chance. And then, okay, um, and they wire it past Jack Campbell. And bang, bang, bang. It just seemed like all of a sudden that, uh, you know, not a clear-cut breakaway, but someone using his speed, getting a jump on the D. So it, it, it was more there that there was, I guess you want to call weaker defensive play on those kind on those kind of rushes that Calgary used to their advantage. So they, they got a step on the D somehow. Um, Campbell couldn't stop it as well. And um, so, yeah, so otherwise I, I was I was cool with the D. I was cool with everything about the Maple Leaf team, uh, how they played. It just all of a sudden these, these, these isolated um, rushes uh, taking the zone and they, they, seemed to, they seemed to all go in the net for a, a certain period of time in the game. Yeah, you just, uh, you you know, a team can't have a three-minute stretch do them in. A goaltender can't have that uh, either. You know, the Leafs now, with everybody healthy on the blue line, they're going to have to go kind of back into a rotation. I can't imagine they want to be rolling out seven guys on, on a night-to-night basis. It We've talked about it so much. It's really important for Jake Muzzin to get rolling, to find his form, to be whatever, whoever he's going to play with, be it Justin Hall, be it somebody else who gets kind of bumped up the lineup. You need that guy to, to be the best version of himself. And, you know, I didn't think he was, he, he kind of jumped out. You know, I know he's the minus two uh, in a game where you give up five. I, I guess that's going to happen. But I, I didn't think I, I really noticed him too strongly one way or, or another tonight. And I think for a guy who's kind of coming back after what's sneakily been a really long absence for Muzzin, I, th- I think it's just important that he kind of finds his footing and, and gets back to that guy we saw last year as opposed to a points this season yeah i mean a real extreme example uh, as well is is tuka rask i mean that and i mean that's extreme because tuka rask had surgery but just about you know in his case trying to trying to see if he could come back and, and not not being able to do it again that's that that's one extreme in tuka rask case and then you know others you know slowly 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 and and then it's about yeah, just a game or two to get acclimated. Are you a hundred percent or not? Or you know, uh, it's not. Guys don't get sent out there. Sent out there uh, without uh, being approved by the medical staff. But but also, if you're uh, if you still have some lingering effects, whether it's a fatigue thing or just an out of shape thing. Or out, when I say out of shape, I mean out of game shape, which is uh, which is very different than you know myself or you being out of shape. Uh, that yeah yeah you just you want to kind of get your get your land legs about you for a little while. Yeah, that's uh, that, that's putting it well, and uh, yeah, I can confirm uh, myself. Not in regular shape, not in game shape, not in any any kind of shape uh, at, at all. There, uh, a couple of streaks uh, snapping tonight. Leafs have their six game win streak uh, snapped. 
Uh, time to start up another one uh, when they when they continue in Vancouver. And uh, Mitch Marner, he he comes up short. He was trying to tie Yager. He's trying trying to uh, keep that. They try to get Charlie Conacher in the eleven game record. Uh, his streak is snapped at eight. Uh, Marner's been great since he came back. Um, a more pedestrian game from him tonight. I didn't think he was bad by any means. Uh, you get ten shots on goal. Uh, you're probably doing a little bit something. Yeah, can I say that again? Ten shots on goal uh, for for Mitch Marner. Uh, so you know a more pedestrian effort from him tonight. But uh, as we said, I thought I thought that line with uh, with Matthews and Bunting was uh, was probably the brightest spot up front for the Leafs. Yeah, 10 shots on goal. You can't say he didn't go down without a fight trying to That's keep right. that streak going. Uh, you know, for a guy, funny, for a guy that uh, the knock is about not shooting enough, I mean, that certainly, that hasn't been the case of late. I hope he continues that. I hope that's the one thing, you know, he has gleaned from this. Not not 10 shots a game you're going to get, but just, you know, if you say say another shot per game on average or whatever, just to add to your repertoire. But uh, <laughs> 10 shots, wow. Wow. Yeah, I, I like I again I don't I I you know there's certain games we uh we uh it's easy to talk about in a negative way the way they've lost. There's others that we worry we're getting a little too picky uh about things and then, then there's others that you know, hey, you lost five two, but there's the positives far outweigh the negatives in, in a five two loss, which is not usually the case. And I'll I'll end it with this, Gordo. Uh that line combining for twenty shots on goal, ten of them from Mitch Marner, eight of them from Austin Matthews, and two off the stick of Scarborough's finest, Michael Bunting, who gets one of the goals, his 14th of the season. Uh, Leafs, 5-2, losers on the road in Calgary. Leafs back at it Saturday against the Canucks. We'll have that game for you on Sportsnet 590. The fan, uh, Gordo, always fun, and uh, we'll be back on Saturday. Sounds good. There it goes. Uh, Gord Stellick, Brent Gunning, Leafs 5-2, losers on the road in Calgary. Back at it Saturday against the Canucks. Thanks so much for listening to Leafs Nation Postgame.